Hello everybody, welcome back to the channel. So for today, I wanted to do a story time video. I normally do these ASMR style, but the reason I'm not doing that today is because the story that this story time is, is, is Sushi for Beginners by Marion Keys. And there are some plot lines in this book that made me so angry and I just felt like it wasn't the most relaxing thing ever, which is why I wanted to just do a normal story time. So let, let's just get into it. You are a magazine editor at Femme Magazine and Femme Magazine, it's, it's like Vogue adjacent. It's not quite up there yet, but like it's Mary Claire adjacent. So it's pretty up there. You're in London, you're making it. You are intimidatingly tall, rail thin, taking credit where you have to take credit, even if it wasn't your work. You are doing all the things you have to do to climb up that corporate ladder because you wanna go to New York. You want the New York promotion. And so when the US magazine head comes to the London office and calls you up, you you know that you're you're going to new york like why else would they call you up there lisa's bosses they call her up make her wait 25 minutes and then they're like hey so thank you so much for the work you've been doing for us you have really shown yourself you you're amazing and we want to reward your hard work which lisa knows is a lie because it's the kind of magazine where let, let's be real they don't really treat their workers that well they reward hard work with <laughs> emotions um, just like a pat on the back, if that, but yeah, you're not gonna see a raise. Like if they have to fire you despite what you've done, they're gonna fire you, that kind of environment. I mean, it's, it's magazine, it's PR, it's entertainment. Like, what do you really expect? So Lisa's just like hee hee ha hawing through the meeting, you know, cause she has to. And they're like, we have an opening at a new magazine, Colleen Magazine in Ireland, Dublin, Ireland. And Lisa, she's like, <laughs> thanks because what do you say and she's like so um do i get a say in this do i when do i have to decide by what about the the position in new york and her boss and the u.s representative they look at each other and they're like yeah that was filled by a competitor of ours so you kind of have to go to Ireland. And um, we already have your replacement, so you have like a week to relocate. And if you don't, then you're just out of a job. So thanks so much. So with basically no choice, Lisa goes to Ireland. But it's not all bad because her new boss, Jack Devine, he is a good looking person. He is a good looking specimen, let me tell you. Like the typical tall, dark, and handsome. I mean, yeah, he has a girlfriend, but like, so what? You know, if Lisa can work on that. Which by the way, yes, I am judging that attitude. I'm sorry, side note. Anyways, back to the story. So Lisa, because she had a week, she doesn't really have a place to stay. She's been staying at the hotel and she, she needs a place to live as soon as possible. So her darling handsome boss, who Lisa can tell is attracted to her, like they, the way that they look, they're two very conventionally attractive people that like, if you saw them together, it makes sense. And Jack is like, hey, so I heard you moved. You know what? If you're not busy this weekend, I can help you look at houses and look at like places to rent. And Lisa, no, she's like, oh, I am in once this relation, this little cutesy relationship that he's in, which is not so cutesy. Um, the girlfriend, she will con her name is Mai. She will constantly go into his office and they will have screaming matches because like it's like a big office and kind of the way it was set up in the office, like the show. And he has his own like room. And the entire office, like that is their television for the day because they will just hear them going back and forth at it. Not not in a weird way. Don't mm -mm, don't put your head in the gutter, but they are screaming at each other. And like, do you know how awkward that is? Like the people who are working for you, are, imagine like you are just hearing your boss and his girlfriend scream at each other for like an hour, almost every single day. Like this is a very frequent occurrence. 
and Lisa knows, oh, I'm in. So he's taking her to this townhouse and it's honestly in the middle of nowhere. Lisa is not a fan of this place because she wants to be in the city. She wants to be in the hub. And Jack on the other hand is like, oh, this place is so nice. They have a garden, da da da. I can get you a really cheap price because I, he knows the person who owns it and is renting it out. Lisa ends up moving there and she finds that there, there are a couple problems with the place. For instance, the hot water doesn't work. So who's gonna come next week to fix it up for her? None other than Jack. And Lisa views Jack as like her own little project in the sense that he's we're gonna be with each other like it's just like that's her project just like a side thing because she has to work on getting colleen off the ground because if she doesn't get this magazine off the ground it's gonna be a failure on her which lisa cannot have happened like her other friends are in new york making it and she's taken a step back and regressed to dublin ireland with a no-name magazine and yeah no, no 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 it has to be a success lisa's entire career and identity almost depends on it and every time she thinks she's making progress with Jack, like he's so not forthcoming. And yes, it's cause he has a girlfriend, but like how long is that gonna last really? But whenever she tries, like she can only, like she just gets the sadness, the sudden pang of sadness that will not go away. And this is not Lisa, sadness is for losers in Lisa's mind. And she's not a loser, she can't be. How else would she have gotten this far if she were just a sad loser like Ashling? Let me tell you about Ashling. So Ashling is your textbook people pleaser. Super empathetic, super kind-hearted, feels the pain of the world. And she's like this because when she grew up, her mom went through a severe bout of depression, basically Ashling's entire childhood. So she was a parentified child. She had to be the adult of the house. And this permeates throughout her entire life. So for instance, so the reason honestly she got hired was because of her little Miss Fix-It attitude. That is Jack's nickname for her because she was getting interviewed by Jack and then his superior. And at first Jack was like, I don't wanna hire her. She's plain looking. She's not that pretty, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Which it didn't help that he had just gotten into a fight with Mai, his girlfriend, and it was bad. It was like, she bit him and not in like a cutesy way. No, 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 there was blood like gushing from his finger. And so Ashling sees this and she's like, hey, uh, not to be forward, but um, that looks really bad. Do you need a bandaid? She opens up her purse, which has, it's literally the Mary Poppins purse. She takes out Neosporin, a bunch of bandages and bandages up his finger. And his superior is like, hey, you're really resourceful. You know what? You got the job. So she is the assistant editor. So Lisa is her boss. And it's really annoying for Ashling because she can tell that Jack just does not like her. Like he's constantly saying like, oh, like little miss fix it. Blah, 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 like being annoying like that. And Ashling's like, why? Like, why don't you, why doesn't he like me? Like, it's really annoying because she can tell that he clearly favors Lisa and is attracted to her. And it's just, it just feels like a pattern of everything in Ashling's life, including her love life. Let me tell you about her love life. Ah. So her most recent relationship, which was I think over a year or two years ago, it's been a while, I'm not gonna lie. She was dating this guy named Phelim, P-H-E-L-I-M. I don't know if that's a traditional Irish name, but it reminds me of the word phlegm. He, he sucks. Like point blank, he sucks. He strung her, I don't wanna say he strung her along, but like she is the type, like she's wanted to get married. She wants to be a mom. She wants the whole white picket fence thing. He did not or at least he didn't with her because they were dating for I think like five years, no ring, no nothing. And then he just up and left her. And even still this man has the nerve. Whenever he comes back to Ireland, he hits her up. And even still, so he made Ashling give his mom a birthday present that he didn't even pick out. He was like, oh my gosh, Ashling, I don't know what to get her. Can you get her something? 
And Ashling does because she like she just feels like she has to because she has to fix things. And Fallon's mom, she's like, oh, I wish he married you. Like you're so great. He's never gonna find anyone like you. And Ashling knows this. So she is overgiving in her relationship, as you can see. It's not even her relationship anymore, but with this guy she used to date. And she's also overgiving in her friendship with Cloda. And Cloda lives honestly the perfect life. Like she's married to Dylan, a beautiful, very handsome, very devoted, loving, loyal husband who is a wonderful father to their two, honestly nightmare of a, ch of a child. Well, they have two children and they're both nightmares. Their daughter is more of a nightmare than the other and it and because their daughter got kicked out of preschool for lighting things on fire. So like when I say that her kid is a nightmare, I'm not exaggerating. Like who gets kicked out of preschool for lighting things on fire? I, what? <laughs> and Clova just views this as like, it's just a child being a child, but it's an inconvenience for her because she now needs to find a new preschool for her daughter. Ugh. So she's telling Ashling all this and she's like, and you can hear the commotion in the background where her son is just banging things on the table. And oh no, the kids are getting into a fight. Ugh, Ashling, I'll have to call you back. Bye. Click. No, how are you? No, how's your day? Nothing. It's just talk, 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 talk. Oh, I gotta go. Bye. And that's basically how every single conversation with Cloda is. And the thing with Cloda is that she, she's a very conventionally attractive person. So like the attention is always on her. It's kind of, it feels like it's Cloda's world and Ashling is just living in it. And Ashling, one of Ashling's best friends, Ted, he is a aspiring comedian. Well, the only reason he wants to be a comedian is because he wants to get a girlfriend. And he is infatuated with Cloda, like because she's so conventionally pretty. And Cloda knows this. So she uses this to her advantage. Like she likes the attention, let's be real. Because Dylan, yeah, he's great, whatever. He's conventionally attractive, but he's kind of boring, you know? And it just feels unfair because she's cooped up in the house with her kids and Ashley gets to live this glamorous life. Like she is a magazine editor. She's so lucky. That's how Cloda's feeling. So as I mentioned, Ashling's friend Ted, they decide to go to a comedy club to support Ted's debut as a comedian. It was her, Joy, and Ted. Joy is also one of her best friends. And Joy, she like she's an actually really good friend. Like she's super spunky, whatever. Like she's always telling Ashling, like, hey, chin up, whatever. Like just next guy that comes around, you can do it, come on. Like she, she, she's a fun friend. So they're at this comedy thing and Ted goes up, he says his joke about owls. And honestly, people really like him. Like this is a really good start. After the show, he's getting swarmed by girls. Like they're all like, oh, uh, I don't know. What, what, when you find a male comedian attractive or a male whoever attractive and you like, I, I, so they're saying the typical things. And a man approaches Ashling. He is freckled to the heavens. Like she has never met anyone with more freckles than him. And like, he's not ugly, but she like, she, she, she's not sure. And he uses this really cheesy pickup line of like, I forget what it was exactly, but he ends up giving her his number and he's like, call me. And Ashling's like, mm, okay. And she's not going to. His name is Marcus Valentine. They go to another show and Marcus Valentine is performing. And seeing him on stage just makes him infinitely more attractive. And Ashton is like, I would be an idiot not to go out with this good looking dude who thinks I'm attractive. You know what? I'm just gonna go for it. She jots her name and number on a piece of paper and gives it to him. A couple days pass, no call. It is now the next week. Cause I think they went out on a Friday or Saturday. No call, it's Tuesday, no call. Wednesday, no call. And Ashling's getting really anxious. She's like, uh, Joy is gonna call. And Joy is like, look, just give it till, till tonight. He has until tonight, don't worry. It's around 10 PM, ding, ding, ding. He gives her a call and they set a date for the next week. 
And like their first date, it's not bad. He takes her to this comedy show and after he's like, oh, so what'd you think about it? And Ashling's like, I mean, it was pretty good. Um, and Marcus is like, was he funnier than me? And Ashling's like, uh, no, 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 not at all. Like, you're the funniest. You are always the funniest. There's no one better than you. And Marcus is happy. They get drinks and he kisses her outside of her apartment. And then he, like, she doesn't invite him in and he leaves. And she's like, oh my God, is he not gonna call me because I didn't sleep with him? Like, I would be such an idiot to let this go. So a couple days go by and he calls again and they set another date. And this time, Ashley knows she is going to sleep with him because like, she, she has to, you know, if she wants us to go anywhere, if she wants to be with him, if she wants him to stick around, she's gonna have to sleep with him. And, you know, after their first kiss, like, she didn't feel anything necessarily, but like, it wasn't, I mean, she didn't really feel anything with Felum either, her ex, but like, it, it was fine. So she's just gonna stick with it, you know, like, it's, she doesn't know if anything better is gonna come along anyway, so why not just stick with like something good that she's got? Like, when else is an attractive looking dude gonna like her? Like, she, she has to be smart. So their relationship starts to pick up pace, and the second date, they end up watching a movie. And like, they, he doesn't really have good movies. He has a bunch, but like, they're all comedy movies. And like, Ashley's not really a comedy movie kind of person, but she just watches, and he's like, oh, what'd you think? And she's like, oh, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, then they do it, and like, again, no sparks, no fireworks, but like, it could be worse. Like it, it, it was like the same with film, you know? They start seeing each other more regularly and like she now has a boyfriend again, finally. And like she's getting the in love feelings and like, it's gonna be great, it's good. So she's going to his comedy things and supporting him and it's, it's good, except this man-child. I'm just gonna say it right here. This man is immature, he's insecure, he's a man-child, does not know compromise, only cares about himself. I know I said selfish, but I'm really trying to drive the point home. Because one weekend, Ashling is like, hey, I'm gonna, I have to go see my parents. Um, it's been months, I don't see them often enough. They're always asking, so I'm gonna go visit them. And the other weekends before, like she had work things because they're trying to get Colleen Magazine up and running. Because to put it in perspective, Lisa's old magazine was like adjacent to Mary Claire. Colleen does not even get PR. Like that is how much, how big of a discrepancy there is. Like they need to just make it known that Colleen is a magazine. Like no one knows what it is. So obviously it's gonna take extra hours from Ashling as well. And Marcus, he gets so pouty about this. And when Ashling has the audacity to say she has to visit her parents, he's like, oh, so, so you, my comedy career, my career isn't important to you? And Ashling's like, no, 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 not at all. And Ashling's like, hey, I, um, look, I'll, I can come back early, I can see you then, maybe I can push it off, it's fine. And Marcus is like, you know what? No, it's fine, whatever, bye. And he's still super pouty about it. And Ashley just feels like, she feels that ball of anxiety of like, oh my God, did I mess up? What's going on? Is this wrong? Oh my God, like, did, did I royally screw this up? And she goes to her parents and it's, I actually feels kind of torn because her mom is a completely different person now, but that doesn't take away from the fact that her mom was not capable of raising her when Ashlyn was a child. So it's a weird juxtaposition of feelings. And the entire weekend, she hears nothing from Marcus. Absolutely nothing. And so it's finally time for the weekday to start. So she goes back to Dublin because her parents live in Cork, which is a more rural part of Ireland. And who's waiting for her at the train station? None other than Marcus. She still has a boyfriend. They're still good. All is well. Meanwhile, Cloda, I, I know I said she wanted to get back into working. Um, she, well, 
she's ranting to Ashling about this and Ashling is like, you know what? I can do your resume if you want. And Clover's like, you can? Okay, that'd be so great. Thanks. And the next weekend after, do you know what she does? She and Ted babysit for her her bratty children because she and Dylan are kind of going through a rough patch. It's, I don't know, it's kind of weird. They're not really intimate anymore. And it's gotten to the point where Dylan is asking Ashling for advice. Like he's like, hey, Claude has been seeming kind of weird. Like, has she talked to you about anything? And Ashley's honestly really concerned because her, like she knows what it's like when someone is depressed. Like her mom was depressed her entire childhood. So the fact that Clotus seems not really interested in things anymore, that's a huge red flag. And the fact that their relationship isn't as good as it used to be, also red flag. And because she wants Clota to be happy, she and Ted decide to babysit so Clota and Dylan can have some time alone. And so the day that Ashley and Ted are babysitting for Clota, she brings Clota's resume for her. And Clota literally, she's just like, oh yeah, thanks, whatever. I despise this woman. The date's fine, everything's fine. It's a nice restaurant. Dylan always provides like such a good man and she has to get that intimate time out of the way because they do it once a month. So she does it and her work is done and it's, it's all gonna be good. She's gonna get a glamorous job and it's gonna be fine. Or so she thinks because she starts the job interview process and she has like no experience. She had like two years of work and she left all the jobs cause like they weren't interesting enough for her. And she's been out of the workforce raising her kids. And the job interview person, they're like, okay, so what can you do? What skills do you have? What do you what do you want to do? And Clota's like, I wanna work in magazines. And the job interview person's like, of course, like we all do. I'll give you a call if there's anything available, but I, I can't guarantee anything. And Clota realizes, like, I don't wanna work. That'd be so lame. I just I want the glamour. I want I want Ashling's job. Like I can probably do it better than she can. So anyway, Clota feels like she's just been she's just been so cooped up. So she asks Ashling to take her out. And it's a weekend. She there's like it's like a work event, and Clota is the star of the show. She is still as beautiful as ever, and Ashlyn can tell Jack thinks that she's really pretty. Lisa's also like, oh, she's pretty, whatever. And Clota, she like she gets so blacked out that Marcus and Ashlyn have to haul her into a taxi. And when Clota wakes up wakes up in the morning, she does not remember the night at all, barely. Like she does not remember how she got home. It It's that bad. But still, Clota just feels bored and empty. And like, she's just, there's just something that she's not satisfied in with her life. So Clota's feeling all of these unresolved feelings, I guess, while Lisa's also dealing with some unresolved feelings of her own about her ex-husband, Oliver. She hasn't spoken to him in since she got to Ireland, so it's been a few months at this point. And she thought like, okay, new environment, I'll be over Oliver in no time. Just focus on work, focus on launching this Colleen magazine. It will all be fine. And even as she's pursuing Jack, even when she has her one night stand, she can only think about Oliver and just the how great they were together because he was the only man that she was with who she truly respected and could see a long-term future with. He was a photographer and he was the only one who like understood Lisa's ambitions and they could talk about work, like he understood her world and they just clicked and like their marriage got so ugly at the end. The last straw was the birth control because Lisa had been begging Oliver for a kid for a while because it was like glamorous, it was the new in thing. Then she saw people at her office get pregnant and it was not pretty, like they were just not themselves. They lost all their sharpness, they were incapable of doing their work and they let themselves go physically and Lisa just could not have that. So while, when Oliver finally is like, you know what? Yeah, let's have a baby. It would be so great. We can start a family. Lisa is like, uh-uh, absolutely not. 
so without Oliver knowing, she's still on her birth control. And she's only focused on work, which is fine, but you, like, at that point in your marriage, you should, like, you should probably communicate more with your partner, have them, like, let them be in the loop a little bit more. And, like, they're not spending any time together, they're kind of disconnected, and their fights are getting really bad. And when he finds her birth control, it is the shouting match of shouting matches, and he leaves and that is when they decide they're gonna get a divorce. But also, they just clicked so well also. Like, it wasn't that they didn't love each other, it was just that it was just that their marriage had gotten so ugly. Psychologists also say that apparently the issue with divorces and marriages, it's not so much because you're fighting, it's more of an issue when you're not fighting because that means it's like, you don't care enough to fight. The opposite of love isn't hate, it's apathy. And yeah, so my point with that is just to show that she just still has so so many feelings for him and she still loves him so much and she misses him but in her mind she's like you know what it's just because it's just because the divorce isn't finalized yet i'll, I'll be over this in no time and then oliver goes to see her in person he actually sees her at work he asks for her at work and she sees him and it's like all the air has been sucked out of the room and she's like oh my god oliver wh what are you doing here are you here to see me and oliver's like no i have a shoot here i have a gig but um we should get the divorce stuff finalized. So I'll see you, I'll see you soon. They get drinks, they try to, <laughs> he's saying like, okay, you need to get an actual lawyer for this because because none of us cheated, like it had, it's a whole thing and they have to get divorce lawyers. I don't know the legality behind it, but it's a whole thing. And Lisa has not yet done that because it didn't, like the divorce didn't feel real until now that Oliver's bringing it up, you know? And like, no one wants to divorce the love of their life. Like this man was the only man where she had that knowing feeling of like, this is my person. Like no one wants to break up with that person. And then they start fighting. Mind you, this is in public, in a public setting at a bar. Like they feel that electricity between them. And then Oliver invites her up to his hotel room. You can guess what happened. And then it's just like old times. Like they fall asleep in each other's arms. And this is the best night's sleep Lisa has had since she's been in Ireland. It's well, it's been like I want to say six months and she just feels so safe and at home and like they just fall into their old routine and then like when Lisa has to go she starts crying because she doesn't want to leave this person it's the love of her life finally leaves and she feels awful like so much so that the whole Jack thing isn't even on her mind who actually very recently broke up with his girlfriend and it's kind of funny the reason that he and his girlfriend broke up it was inadvertently because of Ashling because they had this work event and Ashling and Jack were the only people left in the office. And Ashling was asking Jack, why do you and your girlfriend fight so much? You should be nicer to her. Like, she's great. Yeah, she picks fights because she misses you and she loves you and she wants more to spend more time with you. And she wants more attention. You should be nicer to her. The Ashling says this because she is obliterated. Like, she's not so, like, she's not like Clodagh level intoxicated, but like she, zero filter. And Jack thinks about this and he's like, okay you're right and he does that and they're not fighting and this is what makes jack and his girlfriend realize without the fighting they don't really have anything like they don't really have that spark or that emotional connection and they both know it and they both know that this relationship has run its course like yeah the fighting and the making up it was fun at first but like that gets old and if that if that's all you have like you don't really have much of a relationship or a connection because of that they break up and because lisa just ran into oliver again this news doesn't even it doesn't really do anything for her she's like okay fine great uh, that, that i can think about that once the whole oliver thing passes and so a couple days later lisa is back to her old self 
back to the super strict, honestly really mean, like zero empathy, no nonsense, boss is back and Jack, like Jack calls her into her office, on, into his office and he's like, hey, the numbers are looking really good. Thank you so much. All right, everything's on track. We have more sponsors. This is good. And then they get to talking about the weekend and any plans and what he likes to do in his free time. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna go fishing this weekend. Is he gonna invite her? So Lisa's like, Oh, it sounds so fun. I'm not doing anything this weekend. Nothing from Jack. And Lisa's like, oh my goodness, how hard are you gonna make me work for this? So finally, she's like, I could come along with you next time. And Jack is like, yeah, that'd be fun. So this weekend, I'll I'll pick you up at seven, six, five. And Lisa agrees and they go and it's cute. He takes her to this pier where he fishes a lot and the scenery is beautiful. It looks like it's about to start pouring rain but it's fun and then it does rain. And then when they go back to the car, they kiss. And then he takes her back to her house and they part ways, nothing happens. And Lisa's honestly disappointed that he didn't sleep with her, but you know what? It's a start, it is a start. It, it's just another project for her to work on. And so they're so close to launching Colleen Magazine. Like they have their sponsors, they have different spreads, they have, different articles, celebrity features. This is gonna be so good. And so it is like, it's like the day of the launch. Ashling needs to get her hair done, but she, she can't, like she just doesn't have the time. And all the places are booked, so she can't even get her hair combed. Literally no one is taking appointments. She, so she has to get her hair done and everything at the office. So she gets some products from like the PR room. They finally are getting PR. The only issue is that Ashton's kind of sick. Like she can barely move her arms and like she has this like ear infection so water can't get in her ear. So she can't wash her hair. Like that's why she had to go to the hairdresser to get it done. And Jack is like, you know what? I'll do your, I'll do it. So he's like washing her hair and it's this really intimate moment and like they feel it. Like there is something when he washes her hair and Ashling feels it, but she's still with Marcus. So like she can't do anything about it. She feels so awkward. So she, so after he's done washing her hair, she's like, thanks. And she bolts out of there as fast as possible. They're now at the launch and they look great. Everyone looks amazing. Lisa, of course, looks like this elegant ice queen in a good way, of course. Everyone from the office, they look super glamour, glamorous and everything. And Jack sees Ashling, and I hate to say this, but like her hair and her bob on other people, it would look super chic and elegant. On, on Ashling, it just looks very ordinary. Like she looks super plain. She looks good, but like she just looks so average and plain. And it's the end of the night. Marcus is there because he was one of the like celebrity features in the magazine. And you know, like they're all mingling about. He leaves early for whatever reason, and. It's toward the, towards the end of the night and Jack and Ashling end up sitting at the same table. Ashling is obliterated and Jack is just there because he wanted fresh air and then Ashling joined him and she's like fishing for things in that purse of hers and Lisa, so the way they're set up, it's like this is like, let's say this is like the hall foyer, foyer, foyer area that they're at. This is the table that Jack and Ashling are at and Lisa is over here. And Jack is sitting over here while Ashling is over here so Jack can see Lisa. And Lisa's making eye contact with him like suggestively like, oh, are they gonna go up and do it now? And Jack can't. Like Lisa, yeah, she's conventionally pretty and everything, but he's like, he can't. And it's because of Ashling. So nothing happens. And Lisa, she feels snubbed. She's not used to not getting what she wants, but she handles the rejection like a champ. She's realizing that Jack has always just been kind of friendly with her and she was the one reading more into it. And you know what? She's not even over Oliver. The kind of things that Jack values is 
different from Lisa. Like he would have ended up driving Lisa crazy in the very near future. So it, it is what it is. Doesn't feel great, but whatever. And then Dylan comes into the office the next day and he's looking for Ashley. And Dylan, something is clearly up because he is so upset. Like he, like you can tell he has been crying. He, he is a sight to see. And he informs Ashling that Cloda has been having an affair with someone that Ashley knows very well, her boyfriend, Marcus Valentine. And Dylan is really sorry to Ashling because he really should have stuck with her. It's not the first time that Cloda stole one of Ashling's boyfriends because Dylan used to be Ashling's boyfriend before Cloda swooped in and took him because she wanted to and she could. She's the prettier one. Of course, men love her. Why is he with Ashling anyway? He can't like her that much. And Ashling, first, the betrayal, the anger, the built-up resentment, she, she's sick of it. So she storms over to Clota's house and she's like, how dare you? I forgave you for Dylan. I don't know how I did that, but this I will never forgive you for. This friendship is over. How dare you? And Clota's like, Ugh, it's just one of your romances. You're such a victim. You're so dramatic. Let, chill out. And Ashling is like, no, this this is over. We you we're never being friends again. I hate you. Screw you. Rotten hell. Bye. And Cloda, she's like, Ugh, whatever about Ashling because she's more worried about her marriage being destroyed because Dylan is the breadwinner. He makes all the money. So if he like, ah, uh, she doesn't know what's gonna happen because the thing is, she's in love with Marcus, like point blank. She doesn't really know why Ashling is that upset. Like Ashling has always been such a victim, and like Ashling doesn't understand this feeling of being in love with Marcus because their intimacy is amazing off the charts like she has never felt this kind of attraction and connection to anyone in I think ever like she has felt more for Marcus than she has ever felt for Dylan so all of our protagonists Ashling, Lisa, and Clota are all kind of a mess I'm just gonna wrap up their individual stories because I think it's a little bit more cohesive like that and a little more satisfying so Lisa she she honestly gets over the Jack rejection really quickly. Like she, he was a distraction from being sad about Oliver. And finally, she and Oliver's divorce is finalized. And she feels awful. Like she thought that the finalization of their divorce would give her closure. No, this is the worst she's felt in ever. So she goes over to her neighbor's house, like cause her neighbors invite her over for dinner quite a lot. And she's honestly built, she's been included in that community that she lives in. Like she, she plays with the kids because they'll always come over and be like, hey, Lisa, we're gonna play soccer, come play with us. And so she does. And when Oliver came over to like finalize their divorce and everything, he saw that. So right when their divorce is finalized, like because Colleen is now up and running, Lisa's job here is done. She's gonna go back to London. And who does she see at her house? Oliver. And Oliver's telling her, hey, you changed a lot. You're no longer as emotion as cold hearted. You have more empathy. You're a lot softer, like it or not. And the things that caused the issues in our marriage the first time are no longer here. I think we're better at listening to each other. We realize how special our connection is and what we have. I wanna do this again. I can move to Dublin. Like he's a photographer, he can work from anywhere. I can make it work. And Lisa tells him, I'm actually moving back to London. And Oliver is delighted because he's like, oh, that's perfect. So the only question is, do you want to try again? Try again. And of course Lisa does. Like she realizes how lucky she is that she's getting the second chance with the love of her life. And they're back together and they're gonna go back to London together. And it's, it's great. Like Lisa is ecstatic. Through her experiences and through this divorce and everything, she's, and being away from Oliver, for, she's not only realized how 
truly special their connection is and how valuable human connection in general is because the life of of climbing up the corporate ladder doesn't really appeal to her anymore like taking credit for other people's work just to get ahead it's no longer what resonates with her because she wants that family life now like she wants to be with the love of her life she's really enjoyed being part of the community that the community kind of forced her to be part of she enjoys having that human connection she realizes the value of it now the whole process really did force her to become a more kind-hearted empathetic person and she's not gonna waste this opportunity with Oliver again. Like, think about it. If you, for some reason, had to break up with the love of your life and now you have a chance to be with them again and do it right, you're gonna take that opportunity and do it right. So she's really happy. As for Ashling, she's been getting a lot of support from her friends and her mom actually came to take care of her a little bit because Ashling was falling into a depression and her mom was like, oh, I know the signs. I got you. I know I was a neglectful mother, but I can do what I can now. So her relationship with her parents is improving. Joy and Ted are there for her all the time. They're like, hey, we're going out. We're gonna do this, this, and that. You're, do not go back to him. He's a piece of trash because he wouldn't even pick up her calls. And listen, I get the whole closure is something you give to yourself argument. Okay, this man, did, this man child did not even break up with her. Like once he knew that Ashlyn found out about him and Cloda, he just ignored her, like refused to talk to her. Did not even have the decency to break up with her. Like that is so absurd to me. And in the meantime, so Ashling is very, very understandably a wreck. And she's realizing like, I never even liked Marcus that much. Like she's realizing how immature and man-child and insecure he was and how they really didn't have that great of a relationship because it was always what he wanted to do. It was always the movies he wanted to watch. It was always his stuff that took precedent. It was always, he was always asking her like, oh, am I the best, am I the best comedian? And he was always just so insecure. And the fact that he didn't call Ashlyn until he saw her at another one of his comedy shows, which showed him and confirmed to him that, oh, she has interest in me. And that's only then did he call her insecurity because he should have just called her if he was interested like when he got her number but he wasn't he wanted the assurance that she would like him and only thereafter did he call, did he call her the fact that he threw such a hissy fit when she had to see her parents like who does that and she's realizing also with cloda like that she let herself get walked all over and she's like uh-uh none of that anymore and jack has honestly been really supportive throughout this entire process like he's been he told her like hey however much time you need take as much of it as you need he even brought her brought her sushi and he was like hey i remember when i had this in the office with lisa you wanted to try it and just just try it if, if you feel up to it and like he's been checking up on her he's been really 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 helpful in her healing and they've been going on dinners lately at like I, I don't know if they're a date though like they would they would go one-on-one -on -one and they wouldn't even talk about work they would talk about just like their childhoods and growing up and all like date topics and so one day lisa asks ashling so when are, are you and jack together and ashling is like what no and lisa's like he likes you you know that right like likes like likes you and ashling's like no of course not and, and lisa's like don't be don't be naive and Ashton's like, okay, I won't be. Which also I think something really healing for Ashton was realizing that it wasn't like Marcus was going to leave her whether it was with Cloda or not because he constantly needed that adoration, which like that adoration of like the obsessive honeymoon phase that fades in relationships, but he constantly, he needed someone whose entire life would revolve around him. And like, he always needed that validation that, that fix of being good enough and so even if it wasn't Cloda it would have been someone else and that gives Ashling a lot of peace of mind so anyway back to her and Jack 
they're having dinner one night and which they've been having dinner together one-on-one -on -one quite a while and she's like jack is this a date and jack is like do you want it to be and ashling's like you know what it yes i do want it to be a date and it's a date and he asks her on a date the next night as well and then she asks jack why do you want to go on a date with me she doesn't say a date but she's like why do you want to go on a you know with me and jack says because ashling you're ruining my plans for world domination because ashling is all that this man could think about because he has been in love with ashling since the night of the magazine launch and for the first time ashling feels giddy because she is so attracted to jack and vice versa and it's reciprocal and it's great and he's been he's been amazing with her so one of the things that ashley really cares about is homelessness because there's this homeless guy that lives like right outside her building so she would try to like give him just like food and money and whatever she could and during a magazine shoot like for colleen they saw the homeless man boo he was just there and he talked to ashling because he knows her and lisa decided to use him for the magazine shoot so because of this she asked jack if she could give boo compensation and now jack actually got boo a job as per ashling's request so she helped boo get out of homelessness and like the stuff that she cares about jack is also he also cares about and like he cares about the thing he cares about ashling as a person and wants what's best for her and wants her to be happy and cares about what she cares about and so they have their date and for the date the day after <laughs> like he is so giddy he is so nervous it is so cute and they kiss and it is the best kiss that they've ever had in their lives like fireworks sparks all that all there they do adult stuff and this too like ashley has never felt more comfortable in her own body with even though she's like not in clothes with jack she has never had like had such a good time doing adult stuff than with jack like they're so compatible in every way and like he's so loving with her not not in that way like not only in that way but like just in general like when she was going through it because of all the marcus and clota stuff he was there for her like bringing her food all that stuff and so now they're officially together and ashling is learning to realize that she doesn't have to fix everything she's in therapy and honestly her life is going pretty well now like her life is great now i saved clota for last because seeing karma play out for her was so satisfying to me i'm sorry if this makes me sound like a bad person but she's so awful so inconsiderate she always viewed ashling as less than her she never had any respect for her she the way she viewed marcus was like i'm so much better than him he's never gonna gonna leave me the reason she wanted dylan was because he seemed like the kind of guy you marry and because he can't really like ashling that much of course dylan's gonna be with her she's the prettier one and so she got dylan and as you might have predicted her relationship with marcus once becomes more than just the adult physical stuff it completely falls apart like he is an overgrown child and clota sees this because one day when he's like oh yeah i have a comedy thing at like eight tonight you're gonna come right and then clota's like no i have to take care of my kids so he he leaves the house like he storms out and leaves because he's so hissy about it so they're having these kinds of arguments more and more frequently and the final straw really was that one day they were screaming at each other as per usual and Clota is like my marriage broke apart because of you and marcus is like and my relationship with ashley broke broke apart because of you so we're done and Clota's like i am dating below my league to be with you you should feel so blessed that i even 
deemed to look in your direction and how you i doubt you, he even liked ashley that much because i mean i'm so much prettier there's no way he could have liked her that much but they break up and it turns out that he cheated on Cloda too because he cheated on her with someone else who's 22 with no kids and no stretch marks which hurts Cloda because marcus knew that Cloda's body be like having stretch marks and stuff was like such a big thing for her so he really like hit where it stung and you know how I said that Dylan was once super devoted and would do anything for Cloda yeah that is all gone because of her affair with Marcus she turned Dylan into an absolute monster like hooking up with all these random people like saying things to purposely hurt her and just be awful to her understandably so and he has just become such an unpleasant mean man to be around understandably so and cloda has just seen how she has ruined him so now she went from living the suburban dream life in a really nice house really good area to being a single mom with two kids in a teeny tiny one bedroom apartment i think it might be smaller than one bedroom might be a studio and she has no one because everyone hates her. And so she apologizes to Ashling and being like, I'm sorry, can we be friends again? Explaining all that she's learned. And Ashling's like, I forgive you because I can't judge you. I'm not in your situation, but we cannot be friends again. I can't trust you. No. And now Cloda has to figure out her life. And seeing her ending was so satisfying to me because it's like, you can't go around being so self unaware and treating everyone around you like crap and viewing yourself as so superior. And so her ending, as bad as this may sound, I found very satisfying. And that is the story of Sushi for Beginners by Marion Keys. Um, this story was honestly a little bit harder for me to do a story time on because it's the kind of story, as you can tell, that's that's honestly really predictable. But as you're reading it, it like I was just so hooked. I needed to know what happened to these characters. Um, but I'll be doing more story times on different books that I really like. Some will be ASMR. I think a lot of them will just be talking style like this. But I really hope you y'all enjoyed this video. Thank you so, so much for watching. And I will see you with another video very shortly. Thank you so much for watching. Bye!